And now for the last stop on our A Little More Conversation Canada Day road trip. We started in Ontario. We headed to Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, and BC. And to finish things off tonight, we are going to head north to Yukon, land of the midnight sun at this time of year. Of course, the northern lights uh, when it's darker, home to Canada's highest peak, Mount Logan, glaciers, wildlife, northern adventures, and much more. Joining us for the last leg of our journey tonight is Robert Anderson. He's the Global Marketing Manager for Travel Yukon. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Happy Canada Day to you. Thank you so much. Very excited to be here to tell you all about my favorite place in the world. It is It is a spectacular place. I've been there for work a few times. Unfortunately, I haven't been there on a holiday. I, I, it's on my list. My wife was there just uh, to see the Northern Lights recently uh, during the pandemic. So she, uh, she spoke very highly of it. Uh, I guess the most obvious question is, what's the best way to get there if you're in another province? Because it is a bit of a drive, but there are other options as well, I know. Yeah, um, driving is one of the most popular ways to uh, travel to the Yukon in the summer months. And, and we do have two major highways that connect Alberta and British Columbia to the Yukon. So uh, starting from Alberta, you just duck across the BC border and, and hop on the Alaska Highway, which uh, travels um, about uh, 1,400 kilometers up to Whitehorse, uh, which is the capital of the Yukon. The other highway is the Stuart Casiar Highway, which um, leaves from um, uh, the interior of British Columbia and travels um, just inside the coast mountains on a really spectacular wilderness road. Both are, are amazing. Uh, and of course, uh, traveling uh, with the family on a road trip um, uh, coming out of the pandemic is, is certainly a popular thing that we're seeing uh, this summer. Uh, but we also get a lot of people who fly in. Um, and uh, you might be surprised, although we're, we're relatively remote in the northern part of the country, um, we actually have some incredible air accessibility. So if you're coming from Ontario, we've got direct flights from uh, Toronto or uh, Ottawa with Air North, uh, our local 737 jet service carrier. Uh, and then um, Air North fly from a, a number of different um, destinations in Western Canada, um, from uh, Alberta, it's Edmonton and Calgary and BC, it's uh, Victoria, Vancouver, Kelowna. Um, and then the other two major carriers in Canada, uh, Air Canada and WestJet, also fly from those Western Canadian uh, gateways. So it's uh, actually really easy to get to us. And, and and so much to do as well. I know, of course, internationally going to see the Northern Lights in 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 uh, Yukon is is perhaps the most famous thing. You won't see those in the middle of the summer, or at least in the early summer. But so much other stuff to do as well. Uh, there's the there is of course the, uh, the the sun that never sets to some extent. Yeah, this is the the peak of our midnight sun season, and uh, you know uh, you're right. The Yukon is has become really famous for our northern lights, and it is something that's really spectacular, and and everyone should come and see it at least once. Um, but I also am really partial and really love this time of year for the midnight sun. Um, and if you haven't experienced it, it's it's pretty unique. Um, we're far enough north; the the southern border of the Yukon is the 60th parallel. And, um, and in, uh, you know, June and July and into August, um, every year, uh, we're far enough north that the sun, it, it'll set below the horizon, um, but it, it's, it just barely dips below. And because of that, the sky uh, stays pretty light. It's it, at, at, uh, at its darkest this time of year, it's dusky, uh, but still bright enough to read a book outside. Uh, and you might even need your sunglasses, depending on the evening. Um, and um, yeah, that uh, 
uh, that continues right through till uh, the early part of August, um, where it's not even dark enough for the stars to come out. So something pretty special. And of course, the further you go north in the Yukon, uh, the shorter that um, time is when the sun does dip below the horizon. And once you hit the Arctic Circle, uh, it doesn't go below the horizon for about eight weeks. So imagine uh, two o'clock in the morning uh, and you've still got bright sunshine out. Um, so that, that for me, I, I, I actually find that really, really special. Um, I, I'm not uh, uh, the kind of guy who closes the, the drapes uh, to go to sleep at night. I, I love that uh, midnight sun. It, uh, it's pretty special. And um, yeah, so it's, it's something uh, really fun. And then what that means, of course, is that you have very, very long days to be doing all your favorite things outdoors. So, uh, you know, there's no rush to get your, uh, your canoe off the river by sunset because it just doesn't ever set. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. there's there's so much to do both uh, both in in the cities like Dawson City and Whitehorse. But I guess really the big attraction is is all the outdoor activities you can you can. There's so much available. I was just looking at your website over the past few days, and there's so much to do outdoors in Yukon. It's almost difficult to choose the best way, the best places to see, and the best way to move about. Yeah, we're a wilderness paradise. Um, I, I, I always say it's, it's wilderness on steroids. Um, everything's bigger in the Yukon. Um, where we, we have a landmass that's about half the size of Ontario, uh, but only 43,000 people live there. And most of those, 35 of the 43,000, live in Whitehorse, the capital in the south. So once you get outside the capital uh city area there's absolutely and, and i mean just outside the capital city area you're in in true wild wilderness um and it's just ongoing uh, never ending and and uh, not only is it is it you know a big wilderness region um but it as i say it's kind of counted on steroids so you know we don't just have mountains we have 12 of the 20 highest peaks in uh canada we don't just have glaciers. We have the largest non-polar ice field in the world. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're really surrounded by unbelievably spectacular wilderness. And then uh, every activity that you can do, that you can think of to do outside, we do it. Um, the beautiful thing about it, though, is in the Yukon, um, uh, un, and, uh, you know, unlike uh, some other um, uh, uh, parks and, and uh, national parks and, and uh, uh, nature sites in Canada, when, when you go out on a trail, very often you're the only one on the trail that day or when you paddle that section of the river you're the only ones out there so you really do get that feeling of of stepping uh, away from civilization um and uh, and, and getting uh, really away from it all and seeing some unbelievably spectacular nature i mean we still have mountains that uh, don't have names um and um uh, that's i think pretty special in canada and I gather you don't need to come fully equipped. I mean, you can, if you happen to be RVing or so on, you can come with all your stuff, but really uh, you don't need to bring everything you need uh, to go out and about uh, and to explore. Yeah, exactly. Um, I always say that the uh, the Yukon is, a, is an escape from civilization, but not a break from civilization. So yeah, there, there are dozens and dozens of wilderness tourism operators, um, all who are licensed uh, and are required to carry minimum insurance and have minimum first aid training and uh, all the safety um, support that anyone would expect. And yeah, um, it's, uh, you can be as, um, as independent or as um, guided as you like. And, uh, and you can 
go uh, for uh, a half a day or you can go for three weeks, depending on your activity. And there are operators who cater to all of that. Um, I would say the, the vast majority of visitors, they're, they're more um, uh, folks who, uh, you know, are, are keen to see some amazing wilderness, try some really fun activities. So, you know, go for a half day of paddling in the morning and uh, try a half day fishing trip with a guided um, fisherman in the afternoon, take a flight seeing tour over those ice fields that I mentioned for a couple of hours, uh, then maybe uh, take a hike um, guided with uh, an amazing um, First Nation uh, wilderness guide. Um, yeah, so it, it really, uh, the Yukon is one of those destinations that, um, uh, uh, you know, can k- kind of cater to all abilities and all interests. And, and uh, yeah, if you're on, on, on holidays, um, uh, sometimes it's great just not to have to think about all the details and, and, uh, and learn where you can go safely and uh, what you need to go. Just uh, hire one of our amazing wilderness tour, tourism businesses and have them do it. The, the best place to find those wilderness operators is on our website, TravelYukon.com, uh, or um, visit Yukon Wild, uh, uh, where um, all the wilderness specialists are listed. Of course, there is also lots of stuff going on in uh, more crowded areas. If there are such a thing, there is some crowded areas in, in Yukon. I'm speaking with Robert Anderson. He's the global marketing manager for Travel Yukon. We're on our Canada Day road trip on a little more conversation. Our stop is Yukon uh, this half hour. When we come back, we'll talk a bit more about some of the other activities. You can see there are lots of festivals as well. Dawson City is busy in the summer, a place you might want to catch if you're there. And we'll get to that after this. My guest this half hour is Robin Anderson on our A Little More Conversation Canada Day road trip. We're in the Yukon this half hour, a fantastic place, a place that many Canadians probably wish they could see and sometimes really need to set aside a little time and make sure you get up there. We've been talking about the midnight sun, a remarkable thing, the peaks, the glaciers, uh, the rivers, all the things you can do, uh, how you don't necessarily need to be either particularly skilled or well-equipped uh, with with uh, with stuff to to go. You can just go and, and find a tour or find a way to, to get and see some of that great stuff. And of course, the days are very long, so you don't have to rush either, which is always nice when you're on vacation. Um, Robin, there are. Some, oh, I, I was looking at your website. There are lots of things going on too. If you have, you know, if you want to take a, a down day and sort of hang around Whitehorse or go to Dawson City, lots of summer stuff going on. I saw. There is. We we are um, probably the festival capital of Canada. Um, there's always something going on every single weekend um, in every community. Uh, there, there are special events, festivals, uh, and and different kinds of things happening. Um, everything from you know uh, markets to um, um, uh, big, huge um, uh, First Nation festivals. The Attica Festival um, is uh, one of our uh, premier uh, First Nation cultural festivals. It's happening actually right now, June 29th to July 5th in Whitehorse. It's celebrating its 10th year. And of course, the last two years, uh, they weren't able to have their um, festival, which has become so dear to Yukoners and and enjoyed by so many visitors. So we're so thrilled that they can come back this year and celebrate their 10th year in style. And uh, that's underway right now. Um, Of course, uh, your uh, listeners um, may not be able to jump up to the Yukon uh, uh, so quickly to take on the Attica Festival, but that's okay. Uh, end of July, uh, Dawson City has its um, biannual Moosehide Festival, 
Uh, and that's Dawson City's incredible uh, First Nation Festival, which celebrates the uh, culture of the people uh, uh, whose uh, traditional territory Dawson City is located in now. Um, that's an incredible festival and uh, probably one of the few festivals in Canada that you have to take a boat to. Uh, there are no roads to Moosehide, which is a little town next to Dawson City. Um, but what an amazing experience to hop in a boat and kind of uh, uh, float down the river just a, a couple of kilometers to an amazing uh, First Nation village. Um, and that's something that people um, are going to, I hope, be surprised about and, and pleasantly surprised to see that wherever you go in the Yukon, whether, whether you're there for a festival or not, there are 14 individual First Nations in the Yukon and eight different language groups. And so as you travel around the Yukon on your road trip or your backcountry tour, you're traveling through the traditional territories of one of those 14 First Nations. And every community, every First Nation is literally a nation in and of itself. And they have their own language, their own customs, their own culture. So you get a cultural experience. Um, just driving between White Earth and Dawson, you're passing through the traditional territory of several First Nations. So all the way along the way, you're experiencing a day and uh, it's really a special part of the Yukon and uh, one of the places in Canada you can really experience authentic First Nation cultures firsthand. Any advice to, I mean, I know there's the accommodation can sometimes be at a premium. Uh, any advice to those either looking to camp, because we know it's busy in the national parks, the provincial parks and other parts of the country. Uh, any advice to those coming up to camp or RV? Any advice to those looking for accommodation, uh, hotels and so forth, cabins? Yeah, um, really the only advice is, is book if you can, um, and, and as far in advance as you can. Um, we have a couple of peak weekends, but generally, uh, you're, you're going to be able to find some accommodation, um, but best to, to not leave it to chance if you can. Um, give yourself an opportunity to, to make sure you get the vehicle that works for you. Um, we've got everything from, you know, three and four star hotels uh, with a couple of hundred rooms right down to single cabin accommodations, which are beautiful, perfectly situated right on the edge of a lake or a forest. Uh, lodges, uh, inns, B&Bs. Um, we've really got the full range. Uh, camping is definitely a popular activity in the Yukon as well. And um, it's uh, uh, um, easy to find private RV parks all around the Yukon. And then uh, the Yukon government has an amazing um, uh, park system with a number of uh, territorial parks and uh, they operate um, just under 50 um, uh, government campgrounds around the, the Yukon uh, in key locations, uh, generally on water, uh, either a lake or a river, uh, and usually with uh, an incredible view, um, some of the best uh, campgrounds and campsites in the world. So um, you've, uh, you've definitely got lots of uh, options. Um, even uh, in uh, uh, Kiwani National Park, uh, their famous Potentics, which uh, are kind of a... a accommodations so um uh, all you bring is your sleeping bag and you've got uh, a really comfortable uh, uh mattress bed and a table um you're in a tent but uh you're you've got all your uh, creature comforts taken care of and uh, perfect place for people who maybe are car camping and uh, don't want to bring a tent um but uh, all uh, or want to try camping for the first time that's that's a great first step yeah, and that includes Mount Logan. There's lots in that park I, I was seeing. There's, there's a place you might want to check out if you're going, right? Absolutely. We always say that no trip to the Yukon is complete unless you've done a flight scene tour over the St. Elias Ice Field, uh, largest in the world. Uh, glaciers that are kilometers long and, and uh, hundreds of thousands of years old. We still have advancing glaciers in the Yukon. Um, even with climate change, some of the glaciers are still growing. Uh, and... Um, 
Uh, it is an incredible experience to fly over uh, those incredible glaciers that are sometimes 30, 40, 50 kilometers long, and they're all coming out of the St. Elias Mountains. Uh, and then the jewel of the St. Elias mountain range is Mount Logan, uh, which is the tallest in Canada, second tallest in North America, and uh, actually the single largest rock on earth. It's 160 kilometers around its base. Um, it is an incredible mountain, just under 6,000 meters, uh, a little under, uh, a little under 20,000 feet. And uh, one of those things that it should be on every uh, Yukon Traveler's bucket list uh, to see. And the way to do it is by uh, flight seeing. You, the uh, mountain is so far back in the park that um, there are no roads or trails that take you there. So um, the best way is to uh, hop in one of the uh, uh, companies that offers daily flight seeing tours. Um, and you can even land on a, a snowfield on a mountain adjacent to Mount Logan and uh, take the your picture of uh, Canada's tallest mountain. Um, uh, well, you have to take a selfie of yourself in front of Canada's tallest mountain, but from uh, the most unique vantage point in the national park, it's pretty special. Robin Anderson, uh, thank you so much for guiding us through uh, Yukon. It sounds like a fan, always a fantastic place to go. Uh, and I've only been there a few times for work, so I always plan to go back. So thanks for making it even more uh, enticing than it already was. Robin Anderson is the Global Marketing Manager for Travel Yukon. Thanks again. My pleasure. Thanks so much.